This is it. Tonight is the night. The time is now. The Golden Dangy Awards, number two. Number two? Is that weird? Welcome to episode 36 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave. And Jengis. And we are hosts on KK.com. What's your geek? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Starting off with uh, MTG uh, and our Golden Dengue season. Indeed. The uh, second annual Golden Dengue Award. I really like Golden Dengue number two. Okay, then. It paints a pretty picture. <laughs> All right. That's the name of the episode, then. <laughs> what? It paints a pretty picture? No, golden golden Dengue number dengue, two? Golden Dengue number two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. What's the image going to be on that one? Just, um, it's still the thumbs up, man. It's always a thumbs up. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. I was going to make golden turds on, a, nope, on sticks. Nope. That would have been great. Oh, no, this is our award. We have to stay on brand. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> 2019, it's all about branding. All about the brand. Uh, <laughs> so anyways. So, yeah, we're talking about magic first. And at the end of each of these sections, you're going to find our Golden Dengue Awards for that topic. So if you are... Hunting down the golden dengues for magic. You can find it at the end of this section, which have some time codes for you down below. If it's a below that you're looking at and not an above, that would be a weird podcast to have it above rather than below. It's true. But anything is possible. It's true. So starting, though, with our regular... It's damn true. It is true. <laughs> um, starting with our regular sort of events of our episodes. Um, and I believe this is probably the last time we're going to keep this format. Okay. I think going forward, Jenkins and I have agreed that the, the format is stale. It's a, it's a little bit. And I think... And, and it, it's time for change. It is. So after three years, expect episode 37 to be Different. different. Um, but currently in form, we're going to start with Ravnica Allegiance, Indeed. Uh, which has released in full order since the last time we had uh, been able to grace your ears with our pleasant docile tones. That's one way to put it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and now we can sort of give our opinions on it. So, Jengis, take it away. What do you think of Ravnica Allegiance? Ravnica Allegiance is a magic set. That much I will say. Um, it has some pretty good, I mean, like, you know, they, they, we, we, we talked about all of the new mechanics. We already talked mm -hmm. about adapt and afterlife. Um, you can find that in our last episode, but what do you think? Like any standout cards or anything stand out to you that you're well, just like, here's the thing. My boy Domri grew up. He got a pretty decent card in my opinion. Uh, Domri chaos bringer is very similar to uh Zenigod, mm -hmm. the 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 planeswalker Zenigod. Yep. And like he but like he he's low power enough that like he's not OP, right. but he still fits perfectly in like my favorite kind of creature themed decks. Sure. Uh which I really like a lot. So um, you, how about you talk about what does Dovin do, the new Dovin? Uh, Domri, you mean? Oh yeah. So I was like, sorry. I was looking at Dovin I don't as play white blue. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at, at the new Dovin <laughs> while Domri was right next to him in alphabetical order. But what does the new Domri do? So new Domri is one green, one red, two untyped uh, mana. Uh, he has uh, he starts at five loyalty. Uh, his plus one is he adds one red mana and one green mana, and if that mana is spent on a creature spell, it gains a uh, riot. If you remember from our previous cast. Riot is you get to choose whether it has a plus one plus one counter or haste when it enters the battlefield, um, which is 
an amazing ability in my opinion just to be able to the flexibility as well as like the mana gain like you are a lot faster and like in any deck where i feel like i need that haste or like i need that plus one plus one on this creature it really i think it'll stand out sure um his minus three is he looks at the top four cards of your library you may reveal up to two creature cards from among them and put them into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order Classic filter for minus three, which is fine. And then his minus eight is you get an emblem with, at the beginning of each end step, create a 4-4 red and green beast creature token with trample. That's every end step. And we play in large large multiplayer games. So that could be possibly, you know, six creatures by the time it gets back to my turn. But... In all reality, he'll probably be dead by then. <laughs> Truth. That is absolutely true. But it, he creates his own blockers. So they would have to be targeted removal, I feel. Hmm. Um, if I ever get him to minus eight. You know, which isn't that far. It's four turns, which in a multiplayer game could possibly happen. Especially if I already have a good front line set up. Um, but yeah, he really stuck out to me. I really like him. I'm probably... Uh, you know, I'll probably see if he fits in any of the decks I make, uh, uh, decks I have, and kind of go from there. I was going to say, decks you make? What are you making? Uh, nothing yet. But what about you, David? What what, what you got on your... You I got mean, it? obviously, I said, you know, there's a new Dovin. There's a new Dovin. Which is great. Um, but more so than Dovin, uh, actually, my, like, interesting planeswalker of the set for me was actually the new Kaya. Um, because before she was a specialty only, she only was in that one, uh, um, conspiracy set and she was like, you know, super rare to find. And, you know, I, I like the new one. I, I just wish it's weird. I almost wish that I played that weird pauper. What's the weird brawl 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 pauper commander as, as I call it brawl. Um, she would make a great. Brawl commander, in my opinion, she's three mana, one white, one black, and one anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, three loyalty. You can exile uh, her plus one is exile up to two target cards from a single graveyard. You gain two life if at least one creature card was exiled this way. And then her minus one is exile target non land permanent with converted mana cost of one or less. Neither one of those abilities seem overly strong. That's true. But her ultimate is at a minus five. So she's, she can ultimate three turns in, mm-hmm. and her ultimate is deal damage target player equal to the number of cards that player owns in exile, and you gain that much life. With white-black and all the shenanigans that you can do to exile stuff, like Deathbringer Liege and all that shenanigans, in my mind, like, I just, I, I could see myself play. I mean, I would definitely play her in a white-black deck that exiles, mm-hmm. but I would love to make a brawl deck with her as the commander. So it's just since Orzov is very much an exile... Color, yeah. Color, yeah. Unmake and Deathbringer Liege yeah. and all those fun cards. Um, but actually, another card that kind of stood out to me in this, um, something I'd really kind of would once upon a time probably want, would be Incubation Druid. Um, what is that? It's a new little elf. A new elf? A new elf druid. It's one green and one anything. It's a zero two. Tap it to add one mana of any type that a land you could con- that you land you can con- uh, a land you control mm. could produce. If it has a plus one plus one counter on it, you can add three mana of that type instead, mm-hmm. and it ha- and it has adapt three. So 
if you have five mana, you can like throw three counters on it automatically. And I was just thinking like not only for an elf deck would that be a great little you know mana dork, but for like a Zuri. But also, you know, I could see that going in on Offenza as well and just being like an interesting filter. And it's rare. It's not even mythic. I know. It's just a rare. And uh, actually right next to it alphabetically, what I also thought was interesting was the Guardian Project. Because um, Guardian Project is four mana, one green and three of anything. It's an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it doesn't have the same name as another creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, draw a card. 60 card magic, maybe not the best card. In Commander, oh. that just reads play a creature, draw a card. Exactly. Play a creature, draw a card. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm totally down with that being a cool card in addition to a green deck. Um, yeah, those are, those are the cards that sort of stand out to me. All in all, I mean, look, Ravnica Allegiance, they're, it's, it's more Ravnica. Is it really what I wanted? Not particularly, but that's not a fault of the set itself. That's a fault of R&D. I'm just tired of Ravnica. So I understand, tired of it. I understand that Ravnica is like the... The it's, child. It's their. It's one of their it, phase, it, I'm sure. Because I'm sure, it, you know, it, we're, it's all about Jace, and Jace is from Ravnica, so hand in hand here, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. And I get that Ravnica, the original Ravnica, was probably, I, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I'm assuming it was probably one of their most lucrative sets um, that people purchased. I wonder if what the actual numbers are. I'd be curious to see the numbers on that. I'd, I, considering we're, this is the third time we're visiting this plane, I have to say that Ravnica just makes money every time it comes out. Which does make sense considering Shocklands and Multicolor and like it is a there's demand for two color multicolor. Like that is a there's there's a, there's a market. Of course. It's, it's, it's a very like, especially with Commander. Right. Um, you know two color is generally the the, the choice. Two, three. Right. And like, you know, this just fills in all those gaps of like, you know, the whatever you would need and like plus also the dual lands are very easy to fit in there. Right. Um, there's just a lot. Yeah. So um, I mean, all in all, um I give it one thumb up actually. Uh, I need to start being a little bit more critical here, Jangus. Coveted one thumb up. <laughs> just the one thumb up because okay. it it's fine. It's perfectly adequate for a Ravnica set. I'm just tired of Ravnica sets. I would say I would also be there with you. I too am tired of Ravnica. Yeah. Um, you know, plus like I feel like there's a lot of like just uh the set aside, there's a lot of strange decisions on uh Wizards uh part mm-hmm. regarding this and like Mythic Edition and all that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have we talked about that? No. You should add that in right now. Okay. Yeah. So Jangus, so, please. Tell the audience, what is the mythic edition of a set? Oh, jeez. Like, uh, I'll be honest. Like, I've only... Like, I don't know the specifics. Dave, you know the specifics, please. I, if I remember correctly, so the mythic edition, it's a limited edition that you can buy th- through Wizards eBay site only, and which is like a weird thing in general. It's like 250 bucks, and I think you get, like, it's something like... All the planeswalkers of the set, plus like re, like new art of like 10 other planeswalkers from sets before. There's eight other planeswalkers. Yeah. Karn, Tamiyo, Sorin, original Sorin, Jaya Ballard, Ajani, uh, Green White Ajani. He was already Green White. Uh, Dak Faden, the new Domri, and new Kaya. Right. And the other thing is like, that was Ravnica Allegiance. They made, apparently, they did this for 
Guilds of Ravnica 2, and it completely flew under our radar at the time. I suppose so. The I mean, don't get me wrong. The art is nice. I would love to have... $250. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you look at the art, like, I'm looking at an oh, Elspeth full, right yeah, now. It's full, it's full art. It's gorgeous. And, well, I, once again, I hesitate to call it full art. I instead call it borderless, borderless art. Borderless is better. It's a better way to say it than full, because full would require that text box not to be there. Like, I understand you can sort of see through it transparently, but the art is just beautiful. I would, I would gladly get a Mythic Edition if I had money to spare, but I just don't have 250 bucks to spare on a Mythic Edition. Not me. Um, weird. Weird decisions, but whatever. I think Wizards is just, you know, they'll try anything to make money. And not just Wizards, I'm sure it's more of a Hasbro push than anything. I feel like it's more of a Hasbro push. But that's fine. That's we fine. We need more avenues for profits. We need more profit margins. We need more um, money. So We're not satisfied with money. We need more money. <laughs> so speaking of more money. So speaking of more money and why I mentioned that once upon a time. So I we mentioned a while ago that, you know, life sometimes beats you into submission. And... Uh, this is one of those times, and I was I was in the process of selling my magic set. Well, actually, as we speak, so I didn't do it, and I was like glad that it sort of didn't work out on eBay. But you know, I'm uh, I'm looking you to the, you didn't get the price you wanted. You didn't get like I didn't get the price. I got an offer on eBay. It wasn't what I wanted. I was looking for something higher, but at the same time, things ended up turning around, and I didn't sell right away. I wasn't as desperate to get rid of it, so I didn't sell. Um, but now we're actually looking to move and get a new house. And that comes with its own list of expenses. And it mm-hmm. just is, it's one of those times where it would be beneficial for us to have that extra bump of money. It's a significant sum if I get what I want for it. So I ended up actually calling up Bearded Dragon Games in uh, Bernardsville, Ooh. New Jersey. And Bearded Dragon, you know, we had talked about it on the cast once before. I had never been. I had seen on Facebook and we had heard stories and we had talked about the ridiculous prize pools of like, you know, giving away black lotuses and craziness. And aesthetically, it looked great from a distance online. But I was like, what's the store all about? I wonder. But I figured, you know, they've got they clearly have they clearly have business coming in and a steady revenue flow. So I was like, I might as well see if they are willing to buy a collection because, you know, I would much rather sell to someone local and not have to pay eBay fees and shipping fees and oh, PayPal yeah. fees. 100%. Then sell, and in some way, shape or form, though I might be selling to them, they're giving me money, I'm in some way, shape or form. I mean, they're going to turn a profit on the cards, so I'm kind of also supporting a business, a local business. You're supporting your community. So, yeah. So I I messaged Beauty Dragon online. I was like, hey, do you guys take collections? And actually, there's a fun story behind this. Um so this this all happened last night. That yesterday they got back to me finally. I, okay. I actually messaged them back last. Uh, it was like I think it was almost a week ago. It was like last Saturday or something. Um, I don't know if it's actually been that long, but it was like a while ago. Maybe the beginning of the week. I don't, I don't remember. But um, we I finally got a message back from one of the managers at the store, and she mentioned she was like, "Yeah, you know, we totally sell or we totally buy collections of all shapes and sizes." And I was like, oh, all right. I was like, so, you know, I'm looking to sell. Yeah. And she was like, you know, do you have like higher end rares in the collection? Which I'm sure is the draw for the sell. Of course. And I was like, yeah. And then she was like. It's all commons. Well, I mean, then she was, oh, well, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's a fear. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure that happens. People come in and, you know, it's probably not worth their time. They got two mythics. Right. So, or, you know, dollar <laughs> mythics or something. Right. So I, I was like, yeah, I've got some higher. She's like, by higher end, I mean more than $10. I was like, oh, yeah. Like I got, I got a couple in there. Um, 
So now, mind you, let me preface this with saying I, I there are four decks which I knew I was not going to sell mm. so I can keep playing magic. Um, and the decks that I chose to, to keep are my uh, Super Friends uh, Sliver Hive Lord Commander deck um, or Sliver Overlord, Sliver Overlord Commander deck. I believe so. Uh, my Boros Partners Equipment deck. Okay. Um, equipment slash Artifact Affinity deck. Um, my Cruffix Control Draw Mana deck. And my Marion of Clan Neltoth kill deck. Because I just thought those were four wide variety of play styles that were, and they were like the decks that I enjoy the most. It, it was a tough call between Crawfix and Teferi, but I feel like at, Teferi, while it might be the stronger permission deck, isn't as fun to play. And also, it's like a very much a one hit wonder. Like it, it does one thing and it you, did it you, well. You get to that thing and that's, then that's it. it. But Crawfix is more of like a. Anything can happen. Yeah. Like, let's just figure it out. Yeah. So. Can be a bow. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I definitely have some higher end singles in there. Anyway, like regardless of what I'm keeping, like I was still selling tons of higher end. Yeah. And she was like, okay, great. You know, I have tons of open appointments whenever you want to come in. And I was like, well, how long are you going to need? And she's <laughs> like, well, how big's the collection? I'm like, it's over 30,000 cards at least. And that, cause that was just counting my big long boxes that wasn't counting all the small boxes I had behind my, uh, my table and like my rares and stuff. I was literally just looking at my boxes of commons and uncommon something. And that's at least 30,000 cards right there. So I'm like 30,000 plus. And she's like, Oh yeah, it shouldn't take that long at all. Now, Listen, I'm not going to call anyone a liar. <laughs> I I had never been to Bearded Dragon. Once again, I know they have a steady re- revenue and they yeah. have great worker base. So true. for in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe if she's got like 12 people working and she puts like five people on it and they've all got scanners. I'm like, I don't know what I'm walking into. So I'm not going to tell this woman like, are you sure? Especially when I'm trying to sell something to her. I'm not going to like doubt her, you know. She tells me this is the way it is. I'm like, okay, I accept it. Carte blanche, face value. Here we go. So I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, well, if that's the case, I was like, how about 8.30 tonight? Like once, you know, because I'm thinking I'll put the kids down. I'll go in. They're open till 10, 8.30. Yeah. I was like, knock it out. Yeah. Here we Bing go. bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Walk home some cold hard cash. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I end up going there and like this guy's behind the counter. Nice guy. I think his name is Andrew. Works there. Um, If you ever go to Bearded Dragon, I think in his, in either his nickname or last name is Bambi. I don't know. A lot of people are calling him Bambi. I don't know if that's just a a nickname or his last name but i believe his first name is andrew Andrew anyway there's also a guy that works there his name (laughs) is rob and i actually got trounced by rob at a couple magic tournaments at wild pigs used to go to wild pigs and i was like oh cool you work here now yeah jersey yeah i mean well i mean wild pigs went under i even said i was like oh wild pigs and he was like oh i used to love that store man he's like i'm so sad it's gone i was like me too um but anyway so this guy, Andrew, is at the, uh, if, you know, and if you listen to this enough, I'm butchering your name. We only met one time, so forgive me. But um, so Andrew's at the counter you. and he's just like, you know, he's like, oh, you're the guy with the collection. Yeah, my boss told me about it. Like, you know, um, just uh, just bring it in and set it on this table. I was like, I got a couple big boxes. He's like, yeah, just stack them up two by. So I just I'm like, all right, out in like the eight you degree saw, weather. You saw his eyes slowly open <laughs> yeah. more and more. Oh yeah, it's man. Like, <laughs> it was that it was that look of shock. Like, and he, like, he was just like he was just like, okay. He's like, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't I wasn't expecting a collection this big. She said collection. I was like, I told her thirty thousand plus cards. He's like, You did? I was like, yeah. And I start to pull out the message. He's like, oh no, I believe you. I was like, yeah, but still here, look. So I don't feel like a jerk. I'm like, it says it here. And her response is that shouldn't take too long. And he's just like, 
Yeah, he's like, you know, we, we, we might be able to get it out tonight. Yeah, maybe, maybe. He's like, hold on. But mind you, like, they also had a... Me- I should also mention real quick, sidestep. I walk into this place for the first time. Okay. It is gorgeous. Ooh. It feels like someone's home. Ooh. Like, it feels like if you took my basement and turned it into, like, a shop. The same type of aesthetic and care. And, like, like if you turned... So is it cramped? No, no, no. I think... Thanks, buddy. No, not in the sense that it's cramped. It's not, it's not that this is I mean, small, but I mean, like, I mean, you know. No, no, no. It's, wild it's, Pig is as big as your basement. No, <laughs> I'm not saying in terms of size. I'm saying just in terms of, like, aesthetic feel. Yeah. Like, when you walk into my basement, I mean, not that our listeners know this, but when you walk into my basement, like, there's a clear gaming section. Indeed. Aesthetically, I got a picture of Nicol Bolas on the wall. Mm-hmm. We have Marvel superhero, we like, got- weapons bursting out yeah, man. We've board got games board games like it's 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 the aesthetic right mm-hmm. the aesthetic of that of that shop is so overly pleasant they got the dragon motif up the wazoo not only that but i really do appreciate their logo art that beard that is made up of two dragons is very clever um chandeliers with like fake candelabras on them you know what i mean like a you, fireplace want you marry the place already david <laughs> they got suits of armor standing at ready they've I got bet they do dude, dude. <laughs> funny <laughs> they've, got, <laughs> they've got a but like aesthetically like i walked in and i was just like wow like it would be a oh, shop where if it were closer so i'd want to i'd want to go there often mm-hmm. i then turned to find out they actually own another building like literally 10 feet away there's another building that's also theirs because they've become so large that the restaurant that was at that building left and the dude who owns bearded dragon or whoever owns bearded dragon bought the other building just so they had another place. There's actually a magic tournament going on in the other building. Meanwhile, upstairs, D&D was going on. Oh. And only like two or three, or actually I think four workers. This guy, Andrew at the counter, Rob from Wild Pigs originally, Rob was in playing magic in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And then like these two other guys, who's, I think one's name was Nadir. And I don't remember the last guy's name. I'm sorry, last guy, if you listen. Um, but they were all really nice. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, right? So Rob, Rob and that other guy, yeah. um, Mr. Vegan. So their eyes I've, are wide. They're like, they, oh well, boy. Well, oh, so, so he tells me, so yeah, so I'm like, you know, I told her 30,000 cards, mind you. And he's like, look, he's like, I'm not going to blame you clearly. Cause you, he's like, cause you, you, you were, you were open and honest about it. I even actually sent her the list of rares I was bringing with me so she could see them and have a ready list. And which they didn't even know either. And they're like, you sent the list. It's like, yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then I'm, they're like, well, we can't blame her either. He's like, because it, he's like, we'll be honest with you. We can't tell you how many times people have come in here and said like, they have a large collection and, you know, 50,000 cards and they come in with like three binders and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do they not know how to count? Apparently, I mean, there might be kids. Who knows what? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I got like 50,000 cards right in these three binders. But that's what I'm Everyone saying. Like, people. today is Italian. People. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> Papa poopy. People. But the idea is like people essentially over exaggerate how many cards they're bringing in. And then there ends up being not much at all. Yeah. Apparently, this is this only the second time in the, the history of the store being open that they've ever seen a collection like this actually come through the door. Wow. So, needless to say, there's a lot of ogling at the collection. Ooh. That one guy who, once again, I feel so bad I can't remember his name. I just remember he was vegan because um, Thin Mints are vegan and he was eating Thin Mints. He's like, these are vegan. I'm vegan. I was like, cool. Um, <laughs> he was ogling. He was taking apart my EDH decks because I, I didn't take them apart. I just had brought them as is. And he's just like every single one. He's just like, this seems like a neat deck. 
<laughs> and actually, of all, of all the decks he picked, he was like, um, he looked at the Scarab God Mill deck, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is the deck I would play. <laughs> and I was like, brother, I hear you. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I brought the cards over. And they started doing their thing and they're sorting and they've got like policies and, you know, obviously they got to turn a profit. So I'm not getting full face value for my cards, but I'll be getting some sort of amount. Uh-huh. And as they're as they're looking at the collection, I think one of them said something to the effect of like, you know, we're not going to be able to give you like cash for this. Right. Like it's going to have to be like PayPal or a check. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, I'm cool with that. So they start going to town on it, and I'm making conversation. <laughs> Here's a huge, comically sized bag of money yeah, with a right? dollar sign on it. Yeah, right. Burlap sack. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there, and you know they start going to town on it, but like, it's it's taking a while, man. Yeah. And they're of scanning course. cards, and like I knew it would, and then, like as the night went on, like I could see that they were like a little skeptical. It became more and more clear that like they realized this was not going to be done in one night. So it got to be close to midnight and Bernardsville is like an hour away from me, 45 minutes, really. And at, at this point, like I told them, they were like, you know, we can keep going. And I was like, they're like, we just don't want to waste your time. I was like, look, I was like, if I got to call out of work tomorrow or if I got to, you know, get no sleep, I was like, I don't mind staying if you think you can finish. He's like, well, we're probably not going to finish. He's like, what we could do is we could give you an offer on what we did finish on and buy that from you and then pack you up. And you have to come. I'm like, no, I was like, look, I was like. You know, I have a list of my rares. Like, I know what's here. You know, commons, uncommons, fine, whatever. I was like, and this is hard for me because this is a big trust issue. Because I'm essentially leaving, like, this is the equivalent of me leaving a stack of money on a table and being like, yeah, I'm trusting you with this. Like, mm-hmm. here's, here's like 20 grand. Like, I'm trusting that this is going to be here for me. But, and they, and I told them, like, you know, there's no set deal yet. Like, I want to come to a number that we agree on. And, you know, it was like, we, I told them the number that I got offered on eBay for it because I did. I got an offer. It was much lower than I originally wanted, but I got an offer. So I was honest with them. I was like, this is the offer that I got. I was like, but I don't want to, I don't want to sell it on eBay and have all the cuts taken out. I was like, and I don't want to do all the shipping work. And actually that offer was just on the rares. It wasn't even on the commons and uncommons. And that's the one difference. They're going through every card. Not just the rares and then just accepting the rest in bulk. They are literally sifting through every common and uncommon I have. Okay, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they have like a, a database. Well, they, they also know just they're really good with the meta. They know what's what what's yeah. money and what's not. So that was the other thing that I knew that going here would, would have that no other place. Like selling on eBay, I'm not going to go through those cards. I would sell them just as a bulk price. Yeah. And who knows what I'm giving away. I'm just literally just like, here's my commons and uncommons, you know. Just get rid of them. So that's the difference. The trade-off is maybe I'm not going to get as much money as I would on eBay for like the rares, but on the trade-off is I'm going to get a price for my commons and uncommons. Yes. So long story short, I told him, I was like, look, I was like, I don't mind leaving it here. I was like, I'm trusting you guys. I'll leave it here because like, they could do anything they want with my collection right now. And, you know, it, it is what it is. And even if they, you know, even if I don't come to an agreement with them, who like they like my commons and uncommons, I can't even account for. My rares, I have a list. I can at least track. I can at least go down the list, and if there's things missing, I can be like, "Where's my card?" Yeah, you know. So that's that was partly why I wasn't too too nervous because like the majority of the value is in the rares anyway, and Mm -hmm. because I'm so meticulous with my cataloging, I wasn't overly concerned. I was just like, I know what I've got, fine. So I'm I'm literally just like. 
you know, I'm like, listen, I'll leave it here. I was like, can it get done fairly soon? And he was like, yeah, I'm fairly certain we'll be done by tomorrow night. I'll have my guy start working on it in the morning and we'll give you an estimate. And I told him once again, I told him the number that I would be getting. And I was like, if we can hit that number, that would be, that would be myself right there. If we can hit around that number, I'm a happy camper. And, you know, he seems to think we could break, uh, break a barrier, so to speak. I don't want to be too personal about, you know, what's what in, in numbers here, but like, you know, get close to that number. Maybe he, he mentioned like, he seemed he didn't want to promise me anything and he seemed maybe skeptical slightly because I, once again, I think they like most shops, I think for cash value, I think they buy it half. Yeah. So if it's a $10 card, they're going to pay you five. Yeah. So may, but he also mentioned there was wiggle room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because with that, they can still turn a profit even if they give away a little bit extra money. So I don't know what the final value is, but now today I've been waiting this whole time just to hear back from them. I've called them twice and I called once in the afternoon. They were like, oh, yeah, I got that guy, Andrew. He's like, we're still working on it. He's actually appraising artwork right now, like original Magic the Gathering artwork, which made me think of Evan. Huh. And we should tell him because he's got all, all of Greg's stuff. He does. And I, we should just be like, hey, go to Bearded Dragon. They'll give you an appraisal and they'll let you know what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I, I called him and like, we're still working on it. I then called him again probably about an hour before we started casting and before you got here. And I actually got the guy, Rob, and I was like, hey, it's me. Like, how's it going? He's like, well, we're almost done with the rares. He's like, but I suspect the commons and uncommons will go a lot quicker. He's like, so he's like, I'm confident we should get it done tonight or early tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, man. Like, I was like, look, I get it. He's like, he said he was really apologetic, but I even told them last night. I was like, look, guys, like, I feel bad because I feel like I just dumped this on you and you guys had no idea. And I was like, I know that's not my fault because I was transparent. Like, as transparent as I could be with what I was bringing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. So that's kind of where it's at right now. And it's just, it it was sad. It was unusual. It was unusual watching them sift through my cards. It was fun to reminisce about magic and things that I did with those decks. But it's weird thinking that, like, there's a chance that I might not be getting any of those cards back. Yeah. There's a chance that that, like, that is the last time I will have ever had them. And I've been collecting magic for over 10 years now. Right? Yeah. It's been, like, 10 yeah, I think it's been exactly 10 because I started, I got back into magic around Shards of Alora and that was like 2008, 2009. So it was my junior year of college. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been like a decade. Um, it's also weird because like there's never been a time where I haven't been collecting a card game. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. So it's been like 11 years. Yeah. There hasn't been a time where I haven't been collecting a card game. So it's weird having that feeling of like, I'm not currently collecting. It's also really easy to buy me gifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. My family was like, what do you want? Pack of magic. Like that was actually, that was hard for, that was hard for my wife. My wife. Nice. Uh, That was hard for my wife this year. Um, Because she asked me around the holidays. I think my, my in-laws and, you know, we're looking for gifts to get me. And they're like, what, what magic set is out that you want? And I'm like, nothing. I was like, don't get me magic. I'm like, I've stopped actively collecting, you know, maybe I'll pick up because I knew this was going to happen at some point. So I just didn't want to dump more money into it. Sham of the month club. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Dollar shave club. Let's go. <laughs> hey man, um, no lie. Like I would recommend we're not what? sponsored by them at all. What dollar shave club? Meundies. Oh, the, MeUndies? They're wonderful pairs of underwear. That's so funny. <laughs> um, a subscription to that, I'd be like, thank you. 
Well, anyway, me undies aside. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where my, my collection's so that's at. That's the story, Morning Glory. Yeah. Let's get over Weird, to... Weird, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. You know what? The only thing that's constant in life is change, as they say. I thought you were going to say death and taxes. I was going to say, that's a magic reference, yeah. too. And that was also one of our episodes. <laughs> it was. You can look at it at geekade.com. Hey. Um, all right, so... Let's get over to our first dengues. Yeah, on a more uplifting note. Yeah. The Golden Dengue Awards are here for Indeed. Magic the we Gathering. Have, we have them right in front of us. A year, yes e- we do. Each one is The winners have been notified. Mm-hmm. We will be shipping them out as soon as we're done with the episode. Okay, so <laughs> starting off with our first category, uh, drum roll. <laughs> I mean, I was actually going to add it in post, but oh, that's cool too. Okay, um, we'll just do just, that now. Now it's got to be. Now it's got to be uniform. Oh, now no. it's going to be you every time. The uh, set of the year. Set of the year. Set of the year. So <clears throat> there were a couple sets. Uh, How about we read off the nominees, Jengis? Sure. The nominees are starting from January of 2018. We've got Rivals of Ixalan, Dominaria, Corset 2019. Guilds of Ravnica and EDH Commander 2018, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> Specialty set. Yeah. So. And like a couple modern masters in between. <laughs> so well, obviously we always have two dengues to give out. It's Unless, true. Unless, of course, we say the same things. We don't know what we're going to say. And if we say the same thing, our dengues actually combine into a double thumbs up dengue. It's true. It's rare. It's rare. There's only but happened it, once. It only happened once in our first dengue yeah. awards with time <laughs> stories. <laughs> time stories won the coveted double thumbs up dengue award. It did. So, uh, uh, would you like to say? Yeah, for me, personally. The Jengis Dengue winner is? My thumbs up goes to Dominaria. My uh, thumbs up also goes to Dominaria. Oh my god, double thumbs double up. Double thumbs up, <laughs> Dengue Award. First, first category. <laughs> nice. What's your reasoning? Um, I think it's no surprise. We talked very highly of Dominaria when it came we out. We did. Um, there were so many... Different things. They yes. did. They did different things with magic. Sagas yeah. and weird was, stuff. And like that stuck out to me so much. It was such a not to like you know this phrase is used so Return much. Return to form, but it's like a breath of fresh air. Oh, really. okay. Because like so many sets, are like oh yes, this is this thing and this that is the thing. Ravnica set. Yeah, and it's like, got two colors. And like they don't play around with design too much mm-hmm. on cards. Like they don't maybe, take risks. They don't. They Maybe really like don't. the most recent risk was flip, uh, transform. Um, that was not even recent. That was Innistrad yeah, that's originally. True. That's true. And that was uh, years ago. But like they don't really go too much after that. But then like this set, they kind of did something with sagas, and it was a drastic change. Like yeah. the card is completely different. Yeah. But they've never revisited it, and that's like the really sad thing to me. Well, but I mean, like, may, I mean, I think it, the idea is that it is a dominaria only thing. Yeah, I but think I feel it like is. it could fit in other sets. I'm not saying it can. I'm not saying sagas can't be everywhere. I just think it might be because there's like there's it's such a it's also such like a lore thing too. Well, I mean, the other thing you have to realize is, and that's another thing. Also, epic spells and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Or not epic spells. That was Ravnica way back in the day. Or no, Kamigawa was epic spells. What was it called? Uh, the the legendary spells. Yeah, that's it. Legendary instance, right? Yeah, because like there were these characters, abil- like uh, finishers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but what I was going to say about sagas. The other thing you have to think about too. I mean, from a from a weird business end of the spectrum is, I mean, obviously another reason why the Dominary was so great was the return of Richard Garfield to it's magic. True. 
Um, and that, sh- that, that, that showed a lot, I think, in the set. Um, but I was going to say that the other thing to keep in mind here is because it was Richard Garfield in that set, and you know he made sagas, we don't know what the legalities are of it. That's true. Like not that not that he would have slapped not like not that he would have slapped it down on the table, but he might have been like, okay, if I create something new, you can't use this thing without my say. That's true. I mean, like we we don't know. Like sagas could be a Richard Garfield only product, and only with his sign off can they, you know, He's gonna bring make it new into ones. Keyforge. <laughs> Maybe, um, but like uh, that's something we have to play. Keyforge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That aside. That aside. Um, Good job, Dominaria. Dominaria. The double thumbs up dengue. Yes. All right. Let me me write that down. Our our next category is Breakout Commander of the Year. The nominees are... Every legendary creature. Yeah, we, we've said this. We, we made the same joke last year, but it still stands. Like, there's a lot. Yeah. Um. So, because the idea of this category is not so much that the creature came out this year, so much as it is a commander who, in play, we or or commander that came out this year, either one that has made its mark on us. So, Jengus. What is your winner for Ooh. the Jengus Dangy Commander? Man, it's going to be like unfortunate because I'll probably pick like a. Com- I, I'm going to pick a commander from like a set. Oh, no. You know, I could say this. I could say this. And like, and I think I, 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 uh, I, I took a long time before as well. But I think like I could say for sure that I had fun with this commander. And I want to make more decks, and I hope I can make more decks with this commander as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Gishath, my golden dengi goes to uh, Gishath, son's avatar. Mm. Uh, he uh, or she, I really can't tell, um, uh, is just like I love. I'm Joey Wheeler, man. I love big creatures yeah, and like their wackiness. The red like, eyes, black dragon. And this is like when you cast this card, it is so satisfying. Especially if you get a ton of hits, and it's like dinosaurs everywhere. Like, I mean, I guess the more appropriate reference would be Rex Raptor. Yeah, but, probably <laughs> in this case. But um, but just like it was really fun to play this deck. I want to play this deck more. Um. You know, and I want to make it a bit more competitive mm-hmm. other than just me having fun putting down dinosaurs. Fair enough. Uh, what about you, David? The My thumbs up goes to Yoriko the Tiger Shadow. Ooh. Um, because if you remember, I was overly impressed that there was a commander ninjutsu. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Um, you know, the blue black ninja commander. Uh, I just thought that was neat. Like the concept of having Commander Ninjutsu, and then her her effect on top of that, whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost, which is great for ninjas. It's great. Just that's just a great card. Yeah. Um. I unfortunately, you know, had stopped collecting, um. So I never even picked up any Commander twenty eighteen sets. Mm-hmm. Um. But. That was the card that I wanted of all the commanders. It was it was Yuriko. I just thought she was the. I could make a deck with her. Mm-hmm. Well, could have made a deck with her with ninjas easily. Um, still, in theory, can in you know yeah. the interwebs verse, I can put something together. It's true. And um, if Brawl ever comes to uh, 
to arena. To a, I mean, I never play arena anymore. Yeah, I've stopped. I play, after like the third wipe, I was like, I'm done. Okay. First, first time around, first original beta, I had that game on lockdown. I was winning match after match after match. I was untouchable. Merfolk were amazing. Then the first wipe, and they added on Kent and stuff, and I was shaky, but I sort of got back in the game. And then after that, like I just couldn't function. And then I just, now it's at a level where it's like MTGO, where if you weren't playing in the beginning, you're just not going to play. Understandable. Uh, but anyway, that aside, our next category for the Golden Dangies of Magic is Card of the Year. Card of the Year. The Ooh. nominees are all the cards that were released this year. Yes. Um, uh, that's tough, man. It is very tough. Um, there's a lot of cards. <laughs> There are so many cards, but I know what my thumbs up is going to. What's going to get the Dave Dangy? I might need a minute with that one. Sure. We'll have to pause. I will say that the... I'll just go. Okay, go ahead. The winner of the Dave thumbs up Golden Dangy. I think it's interchangeable, by the way. Just like you can say an Oscar or an Academy Award. I think Dangy is the equivalent of saying Academy Award and thumbs up is the equivalent of saying I, I an Oscar. I believe that's what we determined. Yes. Okay. I so, like that. It, it, it jives with me. Yeah. So the thumbs up goes to Joyra Weatherlight Captain. Interesting. The Dominaria Joyra. Really? Bro, she came out and I was like, this is a card and a half. I made a commander deck with her immediately. Um, the fact that she's not banned in commander as a commander is still crazy to me. But yeah, one blue, one red, two colorless, three, three, Joyra. Whenever you cast a historic spell, which is artifacts, legendaries, and sagas, draw a card. And then essentially you play her, and if you haven't hand all those zero drop artifacts, it just becomes draw your deck, play your deck, draw your deck, play your deck. <laughs> um... When she goes off, she goes off hard. She, for me, that was that was my favorite card of the year right there. Um, hands down, Joyra Weatherlight Captain. I like that. How about like you? How about your thumbs up? Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's, there's a lot going on there. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to say because there's so many cards. And, like, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't really focus on the nitty gritty as far as, like, cards go. Sure. Um, if I were to go back to my, my set of the year, there's a severed head. Uh, Hey, um, if I were to go back to my set of the year, uh, you know, I, I really did appreciate sagas a lot. Um, and I would say like the most interesting of them, <laughs> the, the one you can that just I, say it's a, however many way tie. It's true. Um, that does happen. It's, it does. Uh, so then we'll say a 13-way tie between all the sagas in... Or 14, I'm sorry. 14-way tie between all the sagas in Dominaria. They're all so interesting. And I know, like, mechanically, some of them are a little boring. But just, like, I like the concept a lot. And I really do. I hope in 2019, Wizards goes back to it. Me too. Um, in something. Because there's there's other... There's other sets that have history involved in them, and I feel like it fit. It would fit well, sure. Wherever wherever magic goes in 2019, sure. All right. So if that's the case, I believe our next category is combo of the year. 
The nominees are. I really don't know about every combo. <laughs> um, every combo that was not only has is new this year, but any combo that we saw that was just like game breaking or amazing in some way. Um, it's gonna be my combo one. of the year is tied to my card of the year. It's Joyra Weatherlight Captain and our and zero drop artifacts, and then playing your deck. Um, having mana rocks specifically zero drop or zero or one drop mana rocks or decreasing the cost of your artifacts and turning them into zero drops and getting an entire deck out and playing your entire deck. Just essentially affinity plus Jura Weatherlight Captain. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the idea of that together, that combo, that deck for me was the, by far the combo of the year. Um, for me personally, that hands down, or I should say thumbs up gets my award. Very good. I unfortunately, um, I think I did this also last year uh, for one of the. I already you you know your answer. You just don't know you know it yet. Oh, it's tied to your commander of the year. To to just putting out why not? Tons of That's dinosaurs. your combo, man. That's my combo. Yeah, it is satisfying. You just to me. you just went on about how satisfying it, it was. Is. Um, especially if you fill your deck with ETB. Uh, Dinosaurs. There, there's a bunch of them from Ixalan. Right. Yes. Then I would say that is. I'll, I'll just remember, call it. These are these are our words, Jengis. You don't have to live up to somebody <laughs> right. else's standard. You're right. You don't I have don't to be like, I have to pick the cool combos that are in modern right now. And bing, ding, ding, ding. Like, no. Pick the combo that stood out to you. And to you, you loved dropping them dinosaurs. And you did it. There was that one game we played where you just went off with dinosaurs. <laughs> it was it was really fun. Uh, that's gotta be your combo of the year right there. <laughs> We're just gonna call that Oops All Dinosaurs. <laughs> Oops All Dinosaurs. Oh man. <laughs> that's lovely. Alright. And that's those are our dengues for uh And that finishes up the Magic Dengue Awards. Indeed. And we're moving on to D D. D D. So uh D&D had no Unearthed Arcana this, uh, this time around. This month in January, um, no Unearthed Arcana. I mean, I, I don't know. No real so, announcements on source books? No. I mean, I've got something. Yeah? Um, so uh, in January, PAX South occurred, um, which is the, the, uh, te- the Texas PAX. Mm-hmm. Um, always want to go to that one, too. I want to go to all the PAXs eventually. Right. But, like, that one's always fun because that game... That I mean, that packs is when they do the uh, the debut episode of the newest season of uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, the C Team, uh-huh. uh, which is Penny Arcade's uh, uh-huh. live play D and D show. Uh-huh. Um, at that show, they announced uh, a partnership with Jeremy Crawford, uh, lead rules designer, uh, was on there, uh, and uh, they had a panel and they talked about the newest book that they're working in conjunction together. This will be. Uh, a Penny Arcade and Wizards D&D book. And it's called the, uh, let me get the, the proper name. It is called Acquisitions Incorporated Dungeon Manual. So, yep, I knew that was the exact reaction that I, uh, that I expected from you. You all can't you. see my face. <laughs> um, why, hold on, but do you know why I'm making the face? Um, no. Why do you think I'm making the face? Uh, the sour, the sourpuss look. I, I, I honestly can't say. If this were happening f- three years ago, I probably would have been like, "Oh wow, that's really neat." Does that give you a clue as to why? 
why it bothers me? No. Because Critical Role did this with Pathfinder. Oh, yeah. And now Wizards is doing it in competition. I don't think so. I 100% think so. I don't believe so. Are you kidding me? I I guarantee it. I do not agree. I you don't have to. I guarantee <laughs> it. Jengis, you're you are you are one of the first people to jump on my bandwagon of money 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 Hasbro likes money 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 money. But to say that this, this is not a decision this, spurred there is ridiculous. This to me, this to me personally, just because you're biased. I man. I am biased. I will no doubt say that. You are jaded, but I feel like this is indeed a, a project that's been brewing. From what I've even heard from Jerry Holkins of Penny Arcade himself, he he said like this was something they would have made on their own. They, if even if it wasn't for Wizards, they would have made it on their own. But okay. Wizards Wizards offered their aid in of making this an official book. I don't think it was in any ill will. I think this was because not, not to Penny Arcade. No, of course not. <laughs> I I just don't believe it. I don't. But anyways, you don't listen. Come on, come on, buddy. I don't think I about can't. it. I can't. I honestly can't. Think about the success of Critical Role. I understand. Think of how probably how many copies that that Pathfinder book sold when they released their campaign setting in conjunction with official Pathfinder rule set. That was huge. But there have been collaborations between Wizards and Critical Role since. There has been, but they can't. In fact, the newest, the Critical Role has been played in Dungeons and Dragons, not Pathfinder. I know, but Pathfinder got the source book. I still don't. Like I said, I can't. I don't see it. But anyways, okay. that aside, okay, uh, the Dungeon Manual, uh, so if you are a fan of Acquisitions Incorporated, um, especially the C-Team, uh, I, if you're not, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Dungeons & Dragons podcasts. Um, the, in that, Acquisitions Incorporated- I might have to take back everything I just said. Okay. I mean, in some, in some way, shape, or form, I might have to take it back- and everything I just said. Uh, okay. Am I mistaken? Was the Critical Role book actually a 5e book? It might have been. I don't follow Critical Role as as, as closely. Excuse me. It is a 5e... The Taldore campaign setting. It is 5e compatible. It's open rules. Interesting. So you that, might have to. So I re- I retract slightly. I still think this is what spurred it, the sell of this book. Okay. But that's interesting because of their collaborations with Critical Role. That's interesting that they did not back this book and they are backing Penny Arcade. I mean, this is not also. I feel like this isn't going to be like this is an official like Wizards product, but Wizards it's helping them. You know what I'm saying? This is more. So it might be similar. It's similar to like the other one, I believe, but this one has the ampersand on it. Um, which is, you know, obviously Wizards branding. Iconic. It's yeah. a D&D branding. Um, so, as I was saying, going back, if you're a fan of D&D, if Acquisitions Incorporated, in, in their games, Acquisitions Incorporated is like a, an entity that exists in Faerun. Um, they work out of Waterdeep. And essentially, it's kind of like taking, adventuring, and franchising it. Um, there are... Specific roles for each franchise. The one that is in the 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 C team is obviously the C team. They work out of a place called the Desrin Valley, uh, which is northeast of Waterdeep. Um, but they have there's uh, various roles 
There's a decisionist who makes decisions for a group. There's a documancer who handles like contracts and like documents. Yep. There's a cartographer, which you may think is a map maker, but it's actually more related to like travel and carts. Uh, and there's a hordes person um, who manages the treasure they acquire. And each role has specific uh, has specific equipment that's associated with them. And you can level up these roles uh, for the longest time. Fans have been clamoring for like, Oh my God, please re- give us some, give us something, give us something official so we can incorporate it into our games because mm. like everything has thus far only been in the, the C team games and what we, what bits and pieces we get from uh, Jerry. Uh, but now they, they announced at PAX South that they're doing an official book. that's going to be released this summer. Uh, and I'm super excited for it uh, because not only is it I wanted this for the longest time, um, but also they're just ugh, man. They're working with one of my favorite artists, a um, couple of my favorite artists, actually, now uh, because uh, you've got uh, but it, 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 there's a lot of great stuff. And, um, you know, I'm when, when it comes out. I'll definitely be, you know, <laughs> singing its praises, I'm sure. And uh, and I actually feel like when it comes out, I want to run a game, uh, another game where, you know, I have my group be part of another fran- of their own franchise and just see where it goes from there. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's something that came down the, the pipe. Uh, no official date, but summer is the. Uh, expected release expected release interesting yep and we'll have a link to that article in the show notes hmm. uh, but beyond that not much more from D. i think the next big D thing is going to be i think they've they said it uh that every year it's going to be the stream of annihilation is going to be their big announce uh day interesting um and i don't remember when that is i think it's like marchish um, but that's when we'll get more of like their upcoming, what their upcoming ca- module will be for 2019. Yeah. Uh, which should be interesting. Oh, also there, uh, there was another, I don't know if this is going to be official book, but I, I remember watching a, a D and D stream. Um, and they had a Kate Welch who was also on the rules team with, uh, Jeremy Crawford. They announced they do, they're doing a, uh, a, sh- like a nautical based, kind of like book that's going to be like just more rules for like ships and stuff like that. Naval combat. Gross. Maybe, maybe more than that. Maybe like discovering islands. I don't know. It was like, they didn't give a lot of details, but, uh, but yeah, that's something also that might be coming down. That I don't, I don't have the exact thing. Uh, but, and you know, it just take more time to find it. <laughs> Word. Speaking of D and D, how are your games going? Or how's your game going? I oh say. man. So <laughs> I, uh, a couple, I think last week, uh, I posted a, uh, a, f- a picture on Facebook of like me Google searching, uh, how to, <laughs> how to curb your party's taste for blood. Um, they had a pretty interesting encounter. Uh, so this was like, uh, if, uh, in the, in the dragon heist campaign, there is a period of like, for lack of a better word, downtime where the players are kind of meant to explore water deep a bit more and become more acquainted with the people. Um, I've been trying to, I feel like my group does well when I give them quests, like literally give them quests. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I made like a couple random quests for a quest, like on a on the on like the quest board of the yawning portal. Sure. Uh, so you know they pulled a couple, and this one was pretty. There was like it's all it said simply was uh, rats need exterminating. Um, oh Jesus! You sent them on a rat mission. I did send them on a rat mission. Fucking a, bro. I'm sorry, man. I'm still <laughs> I'm still cutting my teeth on this, you know, like. <laughs> And like you know, I'm trying to. It's it's rough because it's a weekly game, so like I don't have a ton of prep time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, I have a nine to five job, and that's, it's just, bro, that's why I do once a month. I know, that's but way to do it, man. They they like weekly, and I'm fine with that because it means I get more experience faster. And you got the time to do it, so fine. Yeah, um, and it's online, anyways. So they go. Um, so this was like, I mean, you could probably see this coming. It's giant rats. Oh, you know? what I know. <laughs> what I, I know, <laughs> giant rats. So the, were they in a basement? It was in a basement. Oh my word! So I have never heard of this trope before in my life. I know. So here's a twist. Um, so first of all, there was one. Nope. Um, <clears throat> so oh, um, it's bad luck to be you. <laughs> so there's a dwarf grocer. Uh, he had like a grocery store in uh, Waterdeep, and he's like, oh, you know. I'm glad you guys came. Uh, I found these. I found these rats in my basement. And I, I freaked out. I locked the cellar. <laughs> where? Uh, where are they? Wait, hold on. Where are they on the main quest? Why is this necessary? Um, they're just. It's just. It's. They got Troll Skull Manor. Kind of. They have to renovate it if they want to. But like they they own the property. They, they Volo do. gave them the property. Yeah. They found Floon. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's. You you know the book is very like the, the the chapter ends where it says they do things and then the chapter ends. Oh, chapter two supposed to be faction quests. I know it's it's hard to find a faction for them because they're not you just have them invited. I, I know, but I'm like I'm also trying to like set up like players and stuff like that. You know, I'm trying to set up like more world, right, but right, I also right, want right. to like filler because it is a weekly game, and I'm also trying to like I'm Pace also. It. I'm also trying to pace it, and I'm also trying to get their like. But there's nothing wrong with a campaign ending, like you can no, you can truck through the main I plot, man. Uh, but I'm also like, for me personally, pacing. I, I want to, like I said, I have to learn how to run a mod, run a campaign, do stuff that's off book, you know, and like, imp- and learn to improvise. Mm-hmm. And this was a perfect situation where I had to learn how to improvise. Oh, I want to. <laughs> I want to guest star on your game sometime. <laughs> I want you to just throw Alibris in the mist as, a, as like, an, like a pseudo NPC that has to tag along with them for a quest. But anyway, so, uh, so the grocer brings them down to his cellar. Fuck with these people so hard. Uh, so they go down to the cellar and like, uh, lo and behold, there's a couple rats there. Three rats. I started with three Jesus. rats. Um, after they killed those three rats or killed two of those rats, I made three more rats pop out from like a cold room. That like you know one would oh what a twist I know what a twist um they so they kill all six rats um all six but oh. <laughs> but I had them be like all right so you guys look around and like he rolls a perception check and one of them rolls really well uh, <laughs> and they uh, they find a draft in the cold room of course they do and <laughs> they find a secret door. Of course they do. Leads down yeah. into a secret passage into the sewers. Oh. In the sewers, oh. they find 
that the rats were actually minions oh. of two rat people. Oh, were not, rats? Not were rats. Oh, were rat people. Were, rat, were rats have immunity to physical damage, and that would have been way too much for them. <laughs> They would have been like, I keep pulling my punches, Dave, and like I really shouldn't. No, but like, if it was two Give rats, stakes, man. I know if it was just two take rats, one out. One of them just need to go. I know. Anyways, so it was two were rats. Okay, um, they they're able to, and the were rats had a couple more rats with them because I was like, I need to add more minions to this fight because there's six of them, um, and so uh, they they were able to defeat them. They kept one alive. Uh, because for some reason they wanted to take him and like have them because they encountered the uh, the Xanathar guild in the sewer as well. So they wanted to like maybe there's more stuff in the sewer. Maybe this guy knows something. So they're going to take him back with him and like kind of uh, try to like interrogate him, maybe make him their rat man butler. Um, <laughs> so they, they get up to. They get it back up, like, all right, we're going to report back to the dwarf now. And in their fashion, because they've done this before, they try to extort more money out of the uh, out of the guy. Oh, they, Jesus. And uh, the guy's like, I'm, you got to let me guess stars Alibris one day just to lay down the law a little bit. Like Alibris, like level 20 Alibris. Keep, keep listening. So they, um, they, so they, I try to like be like, no, you have to kind of persuade him. Um, so roll some persuasion checks. They don't do well. So he's like, no, the, the quest said this much. I only have this much money with me. I'll give you a little bit more because like, I didn't know there was so much stuff there, mm. but like, that's it. That's all I can give. Um, they're like, no, man, you got to also let us be able to use this passageway down into the, the sewer. And like, what passageway are you talking about? Because obviously he wouldn't know about it. And like, he's like, oh my God, I have to tell the city guards about this. Because this is a patchway in the sewer. This needs to be patched up. And they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. And then one of the the warlock just like, I'm just going to knock him out. Where's in like, boom, Eldritch blasts the guy, knocks him out. And I'm like, okay. And I can't stop them. I'm not going to stop them. I, I let them he could play miss. it out. What? He could have missed. He could have missed. But he hit. Anyways. But I mean, like, he could have missed. I want them to see, I want to see what they do. So they... <laughs> through so they talk about all right we gotta hide the bodies all right we gotta make it so that we own this grocery store so we can get this sewer entryway like man i'm like in my head I'm like man they're turning into murder hobos <laughs> and like um but eventually they decide like all right we're not gonna kill the guy uh we're gonna resuscitate him we're gonna make him think that there was a rat behind him and we were actually aiming for the rat, but missed and actually hit him instead. But we brought him back up. And also, hey, there's a dead rat man because they killed the rat man that they were going to bring with them. And like, oh, this rat man was going to attack you, too. And they lied to him. They passed the deception check. Uh, the guy was like, all right, just here's more money. Just please get out of here. Um, and that was the end of that. Um, they, <laughs> But they said that was the best session they had. And I was like, oh, no. Okay. You're running an evil campaign, man. You know, I'm I'm gonna try to like. And the answer is Bregan Dareth. <laughs> but none of them are drow. Doesn't matter. I know, but it's like it says like it has to be a drow. Ugh. I know. I was thinking more like, um, Xanathar's Guild. Zentarum. You want to be the Black Network? I was thinking that that's probably more their speed. Okay. Yeah. But I also made up. I'm going to make up a faction that maybe they might. You don't have to make up factions. They exist. 
I know, but I want to try to see. And then you've got more world building because you don't have to do the work. It's there yeah, for you. I know. Don't make more work for yourself, man. It's the too, campaign setting is there. It's too late. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. you got to let me lay down the laws, Alibris. <laughs> I, I, so, like, if they ever go back to it, they're going to find that the grocery is closed. It's under inspection by the city guard because I wouldn't think the grocer would ever just be like, I can't tell anyone about this. He has to, he's like, no, I'm going immediately to the guards. Fuck right. these adventurers who tried to kill me. Like <laughs> they'd be arrested. They'd be arrested. We'll see. I don't know if the, I mean, that's the thing you really want to, I know it's, you should have the guards show up at troll skull manor. I know <laughs> they now, their names like, it's not hard to find people in water, in water deep. Like I'm people, like, ha- people are, are registered and ready. Like, yeah, I know. These four adventurers are the same people that the guard has personally seen in the past two, three days. Yeah. Multiple times. (laughs) I'm just trying, because I want them to have fun. Yes. I know. But you know what? They can have fun and realize that there is, like, that might be more fun for them. There's stakes to it now. You don't have to shut them down. Just have them make the decision. Like, if they're going to play this route, don't have it be, don't have... Don't have it be a fucking shooting gallery at a circus where everything is just standing still and you just take a bullet and point and click and shoot. Have these characters fight back. Have the world be real. They want to be murder hobos. Fine. But then they have to deal with what murder hobos have to deal with, which is the guard and repercussions and getting arrested, possibly becoming enemies. You know what I mean? Like, make it. Yeah. I know. Because <laughs> if there's no consequences, then, I mean, you're not really doing a service to the game. Right. Yeah, I know. You don't have to stop them. Let them do. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't. I tried not to stop them because, like, I couldn't stop that any time. We'd be like, guards show up because they hear a scuffle. Like, someone reports a scuffle. Like, I could Hell, have done instead that. of Alibris, I should just bring good old Leogun the Assassin in. <laughs> I could be the quest contact. Just one game. <laughs> Tell me. Anytime you want me. One game. Just one. Come in and just be like, hmm. hmm. That's cool, though. That's interesting. Yeah. So... My, I mean, my home game is going fine. Of course. I'll talk. Because you're experienced and you know what you're doing. I'm going to talk about a piece of that home game later because Uh, it involves one of my Dengue Awards. Okay. Um, But I'm going to talk about the update on my school game on the other hand. Okay. Um, Which, by the way, I don't know if, I don't know if my kids know about this podcast and who listens to it. But if you're part of that game, you probably should not listen to this because it involves minor character spoilers for a character in the game. Okay. So, spoilers. For both us, I mean, we should have said this before, but for Waterdeep as well as for possibly if you play in in either of our games, clearly there's a spoiler alert here. Um, but this is for my school game, so spoiler alert, schoolers. Um, so in the school game, um, a really interesting that happened thing that happened recently was there was a lot of tension mounting with the group. Oh, really? Um, because of this. They got down into the sewer and followed it to the hideout. And when they got there, there was that goblin sentry. But I I didn't want... See, once again, this is new players. I'm, I'm going to give you new player experience with new player experience. You can see what I have what I tailored to my, my liking. The goblin is there. He's just doing his job. He's a guard. Yeah. Right? I feel like they're getting too murder happy. See a goblin, kill it, right? Without thinking through that maybe, just maybe there's more to it. 
So I actually had this goblin be like the parent of a small goblin child. So they end up murdering this goblin actually through the slit that it's shooting arrows out of. The monk took a dart and shoved a dart like and just nat 20 and exploded this thing's head. They walked around the side and they find a goblin child there shaking with a knife. And God damn. they all of a sudden now feel awful. <laughs> Realize that, oh, wait, we can't just murder things on site just because we assume, you know, granted, yes, that goblin was meant to be evil. Yes, the game intends that goblin to be like everything in the game says you're supposed to murder this goblin. But that's not how I play. I like having one thing that drew me into the Witcher when I first played the first Witcher game was the shades of gray in the game. The fact that the, I think the very first quest of Witcher 1, Geralt is goes to a town where the town essentially is going to like hang a young child mm-hmm. because they think she's a witch and she's crystalline. She hasn't. I think it was some other supernatural being that did. And Geralt took care of it, but they refused to believe him. They believe it's this girl and they need to murder this girl to save the town. Goddamn so, villagers. So Ger- Geralt has a decision to make. Which essentially becomes he's going to have to fight off and most likely kill these villagers to save this girl or let the girl die and the town lives. And I just remember being like, there's no good choice here. (laughs) And a smile went across my face because I loved that. I loved not feeling good about either choice. I chose the girl. I killed that entire village. Yeah. Because I was like, this girl is innocent. These people are crazy. And I did it. I didn't feel good about it, but it was the decision that I made and I made and I stuck by it. And it had repercussions later on in the game. I bet it did. Now, taking that concept, that is what I loved about that. I, I like bringing stuff like that in my D&D world. I don't want people to see Goblin and think, oh, it's a Goblin and racially, that just means that they it must be evil and therefore I'm going to murder it. Mm-hmm. I don't drive with that. I like having the shades of gray. So in so this goblin child, right? Instantly, the whole party starts rethinking their life choices. <laughs> Except for one who I was very proud of. I have a young lady playing a dwarf. And the dwarf is that way. The dwarf is just like, this is a green skin. I, it deserved to die. Yeah. That child deserves to die. Yeah. It is a goblin. And... She's like, I'm going to kill it. And they're all like, no. Oh, no. Like, don't. And there's this back and forth. She's like, what do I have to do to kill it? I'm like, you just have to roll. Like, they're like, no, what? Like, no, don't do it. Like, can't. All this back and forth happens. She eventually makes the roll. Like, I didn't know if she was serious or not. So, but I was like, kind of like egging her on. Like, if you're going to do it, like, come on. <laughs> because I wanted to see where this would go. And I was so happy. She does it. She makes the roll. Okay. And the, the other character's like, what can we do to stop? I'm like, you have to have a dexterity check. And it's going to have to be higher than her dexterity check she makes dexterity check somehow the dwarf manages to be a higher dexterity check like this one time it all the stars aligned of course this one time and sure enough and she goes and bang goblin dead goblin dead the party's pretty divided about this situation of course they are so they go into that dwergar fight with that other dude not really they, they they were out of spells and like they just this Dwergar was just trying to protect this room. No, that Dwergar, like clearly he deserved to die, but yeah. he was also phenomenally strong. I managed to enlarge him and then invisible him, and then I went and then when he reappeared, he, you know, got a huge advantage attack on one of the characters, and it just like he had a war spike and he was enlarged. Yeah. So like he started to just essentially smush people. I had given them I had given them a new button. That's something else I do. 
in the first game when I did my little storm piece thing, I gave him a noob button. I had Alibris, old man, level 20 Alibris. He was there sitting by a fire in the storm piece place. And after he learned their names and a little bit and gave them a little bit of like overstory for what the campaign I'm doing at school is, a lot of the whole big thing that has nothing to do with Waterdeep. Of course. Um, he gave them a Harper necklace, each of them. And he said, if one of you tap this, they're all connected. One of you tap this necklace. He's like, I will, I will come to your aid one time. It, it has enough magic for <laughs> one time. Gets one. That's essentially it. Yeah. And so things are going bad. One of them is like almost like oh, a bunch of them are unconscious. They keep having to roll death saving throws. Like it's not looking good. So one of the young ladies in, in the campaign who plays a tiefling. I have two young ladies that are each playing tieflings. Both tie, one's a tiefling bard, one's a tiefling warlock. Ooh. The tiefling bard. She's she's unconscious. She's rolled one fail. She rolls a nat one. Ooh, that's two fails. That's double fail. That's a permadeath. Normally. Normally. When literally the turn after, as everyone's reeling, the druid of the group remembers the necklace. It's been, in game time, it's been like a day. Yeah. Maybe. And they tap the new button. So sure enough, Alibris appears like six seconds later and cleans house. (laughs) And he's shocked. He's like, really? Like, I just left you. (laughs) Next thing they know, they're all back at like full health. The one that perma died is back. Everything seems fine. But this was the fun part because, like I said, I like repercussions. I don't give. I'll never do this without something, you know. You know me. Like, yeah. I, like I like permadeath because it gives stakes. Yeah. So I needed to, but I didn't want to, I felt bad. First game, I didn't want to permadeath this young girl. She took so much time to her backstory, of this course. and that. So once again, heavy spoiler alert here. So what I ended up doing Super was. Super spoiler alert. Yeah. So if this is you, please stop listening well, right no, now. If it's the one, if it's the one that, that, that it happened to, it's fine. But okay. if it's any of the others, they can't, they don't know. They only know. The, <laughs> So all they saw was they saw her come back to come back to consciousness and everything seems fine. What I told her after the fact was like, I'm like, okay, so there's something you need to know. I was like, Alibris is not a cleric. <laughs> I was like, he does not have the power to heal. He has no power of the divine. I was like, this, this is just wizard Alibris. And she was like, okay. I'm like, he did not bring you back to life in a way that is normal. He reversed time. So your body regained its vitality, but because he has no connection to the to the divine, I pulled a supernatural on her. I said, "Your soul is gone. When you died, your soul departed your body. So now it is it is you in every way logically. Just your music as a bard is just passionless. Like the notes are correct, but there's just that spark that's missing." When you when when you think about anything, if someone asks how you feel about something, the answer is always going to be from this point forward. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Just like a general, like yeah, yeah, this is okay. Doesn't matter. It could be it could be anything from let's go save the village to let's go murder somebody. Sure, you'll just be like, yeah, I, this this would like if it logically makes sense for you to do, you would do it. If someone said we need to murder eight people for their gold so we can save your friend, that adds up. This would yeah, <laughs> you'd be like this makes sense. And she loved it. She yeah. was shocked, nice. but she loved it. And since that time has been role playing the character like completely different. And the party has no idea what the hell's wrong with her. Nice. So big fan of that. 
Um, as another update, another thing that happened is in that fight with the Mind Flayer and the um, Intellect Devourer. Yeah. The Intellect Devourer... Did the, the thing? Did the thing. Did ate, he, it ate the brain. Did it win? It, it didn't win. It was just the druid had fallen unconscious. And then all they saw, because this is how it's described, all they saw was the brain thing and then disappeared. It just teleported away. And then the next second... The druid woke up spontaneously, like gasping and clutching at himself, making sure he was okay, still bleeding, but like conscious. And of course, out of game, they clearly kind of put together what happened, but it's like, you can't use out of game knowledge. In game, feasibly, you saw this thing, you know, you were running at it, it teleports away, and your druid just happens to come back. (laughs) But I told the druid, I was like, you're no longer playing this character. I was like, you need to re-roll a new character. I was like, I'm going to take over from this point. And so he now... I never used that ability. See, I did. I know. Stakes, man. I keep pulling punches, man. I know. And I literally literally had... So now this character, after Volo gave them the manor, he's like, yeah, I got some errands I got to run around town. I'll, I'll catch up with you guys later. And he's gone. And next time they see him, he's no longer going to be a druid. He's definitely going to be some sort of crazy, evil, high-level character that is going to become their ultimate, like, one of their ultimates. Like, it's going nice. to be, he's going to be a big bad at some point. Very nice. But I can't wait to bring that character back. Um, that's how my newbie game is going. But this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, I still have them on the path. They're still doing water deep, But, like, changing up the formula here or there. But at the same time, like those stakes are important. They have to realize that there's stakes and maybe your group, if they saw the goblin child would have killed it without even thinking about it. And been like, this makes sense. In which case you were, you are running a, like an evil campaign and that's fine. They're allowed to be like evil of some kind or neutral or lawful evil or something. That's their prerogative. But then like, you know, you still have to make sure that there's stakes for them. I did a survey with my characters uh, because like at that point I felt like I wasn't really capturing their attention mm-hmm. or engaging them as well. Sure. So I, because previously that there was a bit, they were, they're trying to get the trolls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're trying to get troll skull manor, um, fixed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, because that's what the book says. Like, Hey, you want to try to repair it? You can. And I said like, Hey, if you guys want to try to repair it, you can. Um, but you need to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, you need money. You guys don't have enough money. And uh, I let Rainier lend it to them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to give him that out. See, because to me, the renovation of the manor and getting it back on track is not that. Oh no, I don't think I did have right. No, Rainier did not give. That's my other game. My other game, Rainier lent it to them. But that's because something else went on with Rainier that he owed them. Um, no, I didn't give it to my noobs. My noobs have to do it on their own. Um, that's why they're doing quests trying to make money to renovate the manor. Um, but there was a lot of just like, they had, just, they had to talk to people. They had, to, they had to figure out where to find people to do the things they needed to do. But I, I, I felt like as the game was going on, I was like, oh, I'm, people just don't like this. Um, so I did a survey and I don't have the exact questions on hand, but I was like, if, you know, what kind of game do you prefer? Do you prefer a... Uh, uh, do you prefer more dungeon delvey or do you prefer more role play? Um, and they uh, they leaned more towards dungeon delvey, uh, which I understand. So I understand completely. Well, they're murder hobos. They like to murder. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, would you prefer something more RP-focused, more Dungeon Delve, or a mix of both? And if so, what percentage of either? Also, what are your thoughts on the campaign so far? Um, two of the, the veterans were like, you're doing great. I don't care either way. Um, but the more newer players were like, you know, I kind of like more just like combat-y stuff. Role-playing's intimidating. You yeah. got to break them yeah. out. I understand, and I'm trying. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, it's just, but I do want them to have fun. At the end of the day, I want them to have fun. Yeah. This is the game. This is their game. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm I'm just facilitating it. Um, well, I mean, it is your game, too. But I can have fun in my own way. I guess. Um, so, like, you know, that's why the next couple games, there has been a combat segment, more or less. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the game after that was the... Uh, was the grocery where they fought the rats, mm-hmm. and then the game after that they have like this. So I'm trying to get the castle lanterns. I want them to be aware of the castle lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I have a a bodyguard mission set up because the castle lanterns are going to throw a gala, like a little fundraiser event. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also ties in with another quest they have of a missing child. So I want and so I want them to know that there's a missing child. Anyways, there's a combat thing because they're they're essentially interviewing for the bodyguard position. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so like you know, I'm trying to like trying to do things. But yeah, anyways, man. let's uh let's move on from that to our dengues for D and D. Yes, um, the D and D dengue awards. <laughs> so <laughs> drum roll. There's the drum roll. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So the first category is. Unearthed Arcana of the Year. The nominees are every Unearthed Arcana of the Year. Yes. And the thumbs up, Dave's thumbs up, goes to, I believe, Elf Subraces had an Unearthed Arcana this year. Yeah? Um, It was like the first one back in like January. Yeah. No, that was 2017. Oh, well then I'll go with my second choice, which was by default the new subclasses. That was the first one of 2018. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Not because I enjoyed it, but because it's the lesser of all the evils of the Unearthed Arcana this year. <laughs> I'll be honest, in terms of Unearthed Arcana this year, I was not overly impressed with anything. I'm sure you're gushing about all the Eberron crap that came out this year, but for me, <laughs> there was like nothing. So I, I, I begrudgingly give my thumbs up to subclasses. Well, my thumbs up. <laughs> oh, drum roll. Ironic drum roll. Um, I'm tie. It's a tie between magic and races of Eberron. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love Eberron. I mean, you know this. Um, I love that they did an Eberron book with DMs Guild. Right. Um, it wasn't an official book by any means, but it was still something they did work on. Right. Um, and. So, yeah, Races of Eberron, where we got, you know, uh, Warforged and the Wildlings and also uh, the magic items of Eberron. Because I love that, like, magic as an almost mundane thing is Mm -hmm. also, I always love that kind of thing. I would love to run a game set in a world where magic is a bit more every day. So high fantasy. A high fantasy game. Yeah, high magic. Not high fantasy, but high magic. Yeah. Yeah, versus lower mediocre. Pretty much. All right, well, then the next category is Character of the Year. The nominees are any character in D&D or D&D-related um, culture, I'll say. Uh, so, Jengis, what does your thumbs up go to for the Character of the Year? Character of the Year, I'm going to be self-serving. <laughs> I'm going to give it to one of my own characters. 
it's, that's fine. Um, I mean, Gibbs? Ca- not you know, Gibbs is great, but I don't think I'm going to give it to Gareth Gibbons. I'm going to give it to a character I've yet to play. Mm. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, got the got the thumbs up without even trying. Exactly. Um, but just because I love the ca- character concept, it's like I giving w- it to an actor in a movie that hasn't been in the movie yet. <laughs> it's possibly, um, and maybe some maybe this year I'll be able to play him in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, a character uh, named his name is Yumruk, um, which is Turkish for punch. Cool. Uh, and he's a pugilist. Remember the pugilist uh, oh, yeah. book. I made a character for that. Of course you did. I love him. I know. Um, because he is part of a... Uh, he was rescued uh, as an orphan by a, a benefactor. Uh, it was a woman. He calls her grandmother. Um, she's part of a larger family. She adopts a lot of orphans all over uh, the world. Uh, and they're all kind of like her children. They're all kind of supposed to be brothers and sisters to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have a rule. Where it's like, outside the family, it's fine. But inside the family, you don't hurt each other. Of course. Um, but he comes upon one of his brothers. Gotta love the Manson family. What? <laughs> one of his brothers uh, divulges to him that he's going to overthrow uh, grandmother. Uh-oh. Uh, and, try to, and try to run the organization. Ah. Um, in a fit of rage, he kills her. He kills ah. him. No. Uh, but in that, he breaks the rule set by the person who saved his life. So in he's he hasn't met grandmother in a while, but he wears a uh, he wears a mark on him that he will give to grandmother and be like, "I have broken your rule. Now I you have to kill me." And it's like this whole thing, and I really like it. And I want to play him. Um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, that's my character of the year. <laughs> Self-serving. <laughs> Self-serving. What about you, David? Character of the year is actually from a book. It's not even a D&D book, but it's closely related. Ooh. I mentioned it, I think, two or three episodes ago. I think it was my monologue episode. Um, the book series, the Throne of Glass series, ah. Aelin Galthanus, um, also known as Selena Sardothian, or I should say Selena Sardothian, also known as Aelin Galthanus. And I might be butchering her name slightly, her last name, the Galthanus one. But um, yeah. Selena, Aelin, whatever you want to call her, that character was just great, and that series was great, and the fact that you haven't read it is is depressing. I'm sorry, buddy. Because you would love it. You would absolutely eat it up. I cannot stress this enough. So, definitely, um, yeah, that's my character of the year. Nice. Uh, play of the year. Yes. Um, I'll start. Um, you know, obviously we can keep making the joke that nominees are all of the plays of the year. Play of the year for D and D for me mm-hmm. actually just happened in my home game. Mm. Um, so what's interesting is that each of my characters are part of like different factions. They chose them almost originally, Ooh. and then others hopped on did the you, faction bandwagon. Did you provide them like a list or no? Just... I I I some of them. I mean, some of them chose a faction in their origin stories. Because they know of the. They well, know of the water deep factions more or less. Well, because I I, I no, I did provide them with a list. Okay. I provided them with the one that's provided in. The- I provided them the Enchiridion. Uh. So they had Volo's Enchiridion before the game began. Mm-hmm. So they had a list of factions that they could be a part of, and some of them chose, and others I sort of gave 
opportunities of different factions that they might be interested in. And so chapter two for me was a lot of faction questing as it, as it is listed. And Joe was already part of Bregan Dareth. I let his character, Vidar is not a dark elf, but he's close enough that I let it sort of slide because Jolax was also a type of person that would want to collect unusual beings and despite them saying, like, if you're not drow, you can't be part of Bregendareth, like, for all intents and purposes, Artemis and Shuri is part of Bregendareth, and he's a human, right? So Vidar's character is weird enough and has enough of an interesting backstory that I was like, I would let him be Bregendareth. So there was this moment where in Chapter 3, spoiler alert, there's a moment in Chapter 3 where they're, they're tracking, for one reason or another, I'll try to be as light on the spoilers as I can, they're tracking a nimble right. And they track it to the home of a noble. And when they get to the home of the noble to confront this nimble right, um, there's a big battle going on inside between different warring groups. Mm. Long story short, all this stuff happens and they see this guy who they know is evil and they're told to kill him right away. Kill him, kill him, kill him. Like They want to question him. And the, the noble of the house, this woman, is like, no, you need to kill him. Now, clearly they know this woman has ulterior motives for wanting him dead instead of talking. Of course. Um, but they're not, they're not having it. They're like going to like let this guy talk and then tensions get high yelling and screaming is ensues. And then finally what I have her do because she has ties to Bregan and Dareth, She looked at Joe square in the eye, threw an eye patch down at the floor at him and said, get me out of here now. And literally <laughs> Joe just stopped mid-sentence, hesitated for 0.5 seconds, and literally just said, we can trust her. She's cool. And, like, the whole table (laughs) freaked out. They could not believe what he was saying. And he literally turned and escorted her up out of there oh my God. without them Ooh. as the city guard is on their way up. Wonderful. And and literally they hear her say like everybody in there needs to be arrested. They're all like intruding in my property. And Joe is the only one who gets out of there legally <laughs> with the owner of the household as he, as he escorts her out. Oh my God. But like literally the fact that like, like you should have heard Joe was with his party, man. He was, of course. he was, Arguing, no, we gotta let the guy live. This and that, this and that. Boom! Just the the instantaneous <laughs> drop of allegiance, not drop, but change of allegiance. That mm-hmm. change, that instantaneous like loyalty to Bregan Dareth was incredible. And f- and from a role playing perspective, and a, from I would have, a, I would have given in- inspiration. I for did. That. Oh man, like that's, it was that was wonderful. It was awesome. It was by far my my favorite play of the year. A hundred percent hands down play of the year. How about you? Um, hmm. I'm just going to give it, I'm just going to give it to what the situation. Is going to <gasps> I'm going to give it to my punch character. My is, murder hobos. Who's, who, who, who hasn't in the game yet, but I know he's going to make the best. Play. <laughs> my murder hobos who worked their way through a situation that could have been bad, mm. but eventually they got to a point where they didn't kill things. Mm. I'm proud of them for not killing people um, outright. Um, so I'm hoping that that just continues, mm. but we'll see. But for now, I'm hopeful that my my crew will 
we'll, we'll, we'll err on the side of good. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm shocked that your your thumbs up didn't go to our Alex game. Which part? Where, the, where we didn't know that the clock fit in properly. Yeah. Or, or or the God mode where oh, like that whole oh thing God. happened. There's so much. That was going. a close second, but I figured you could say because like you didn't know about the Joe thing, and that was like I was yeah, that's you know. Good. Um Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. Um that, you know what the problem is? It's just it's not as fresh in my mind. Right. Um but yeah. Uh Man, I don't even know if I would call that play of the game. That's more of like a play of the, just more like a embarrass me, embarrassing play. We're like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, another play that I could think of, it wouldn't take the thumbs up from the Joe play, but another play that I would think of is actually a DM play that I made, but it was more than a year ago. It was a year and a half ago. Um, the Halloween game that we released this Halloween. Yes. The play would be turning you into yeah, that Frankenstein's was, monster. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was I would also give it to that if I could. That would be a solid runner. You know what? It came out this year. I give it my play of the game. Yeah. Frankenstein Monster. Yeah. Listen to that episode if you haven't already. Yeah. It is wonderful. It, did you re-listen? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's I so... love I love well I love more than anything just the actually the way the split happens. <laughs> because the split happens on the death with you just being like no, Dave, stop rolling dice, Dave. <laughs> and then in the background, you hear either Joe or Phil from the bathroom, just like, no. <laughs> it was just such a good ending to that first episode. And then the second one picks up after. Oh, Dude, yeah. That was a solid game. Listen to that game. Yes. Right now. Pause this episode. Go download it. Listen to it. Come back. Wow. Jenkins really loved that game. Ooh, great game. It was a solid game. It was creepy. It was just yeah. all hell. Um, so the next and weirdest category rule of the year rule of the year i i got two one that's going to take the thumbs up and one that was a sort of funny close second so my runner up go for it buddy my runner up funny close second isn't a, a D rule so much as it's, it's a world rule which my rule of the year would have been the code legal <laughs> because I just loved reading it. I was just like, Oh, these are all the things that they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actual mechanics of dungeons and dragons, um, I said my rule of the year is actually faction questing. I like it. Um, not that it came out this year, but they really used it. They really in used this it module. in Waterdeep, And I had a lot of fun doing the faction quest and I'm looking forward to seeing the progression of it for my characters and the consequences of what those characters are going to do as they continue on through faction questing. So for me, that was my, my golden dengue, my thumbs up. So my golden dengue thumbs up goes to something, a rule that I honestly forgot about until very recently. Um, when it was used a lot more in the, um, in the packs unplugged, Acquisitions Incorporated game, which was inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's not a new rule by any means, no. but it's a rule that I feel like needs to be used more. Um, a lot of times we forget about it, that the fact that the DM can I never point, forget about it. I, you know, sometimes it just it hasn't come up in any of the games we've played. Right. You know? Um, and just like, I feel like it's a tool that encourages better role playing. It does. And I feel like if, if more DMs used it, maybe, you know, it would be more... It'd be more beneficial to the whole of D&D. I agree. Uh, so inspiration gets my golden dinghy. Sweet. Uh, 
Board games. Board games. Because so, that's it for the Golden Dengies for D&D. Indeed. Congratulations, all nominees and all winners. Indeed. So, board games. We're going to review one board game and then finish up the Golden Dengies. Uh, the board game we are reviewing is... Sagrada. Yes, which I played for the first time about two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah. Um, so, Sagrada uh, is a game I heard about at PAX Unplugged. No mm-hmm. surprise there. Uh, it was talked very highly, but I didn't get a chance to pick it up at the convention itself. Right. Picked it up a couple weeks afterwards. Sure. Um, and it is a dice drafting game where you're making stained glass windows. Um, it plays with uh, four players, up to four players. Uh, there is a solo variant, uh, which is fun, too. Uh, essentially, the, the way it works is, depending on how many players are, there are, you roll... Uh, a bag of a certain number of dice and then you take turns drafting those dice onto your board the trick is though uh is that your board is uh depending on what difficulty you pick only certain colors or certain numbers can go into specific slots and then the rule the 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 most important rule is that same colors can't be right next to each other, like to the top, bottom, left, or right of it. Mm-hmm. And same numbers can't be next to each other, top, bottom, left, or right. Diagonal's fine. Right. So you have to kind of work around that. So there's could be times and where... And also, the, the rule that Jengis forgot that's also really important, which is when you pick a die and put it down, it must be touching a current die. Oh, yes, that's true. A rule that Jengis well, neglected to tell it's us It's not so much touching, the first time but around. it has to be next to a die you've already placed. Right. So you can't be... You and, can't, that, and that can go diagonal, it yeah? It can go diagonal. Yeah, but... We he neglected that rule when we started the game, it's and then we had to restart the game. It wouldn't be a Jenga's game if you didn't forget a rule in the first part. That's true. <laughs> um, I so I mean, what are your thoughts? You can say your thoughts, and then I'll say mine. I'll let you go first. Okay, so my thoughts were going into it. Um, you know, as all games, it's trial by fire for me. I like, I hate listening to the rules. I like just he hates Jenga's talking about rules. I really do. <laughs> not just, but not just you. Like, it's not just you. It's just I like. I, you know, as a teacher, I know that there are different learning styles. My learning style, at least when it comes to games and maybe in general, but my learning style is just by doing, like I learn by doing. That's the best way for me to learn. I, I, I'm, I'm visual. It's got to be. I'm visual and kinesthetic. And so I, I'm not, I'm not an auditory like learner. You can talk to me forever, but I have to see it or be doing it manually with my own hands to really learn the game. Okay. So to listen to rules be spit out at me, I'm not of retaining any of it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be missing half of it by the time the game starts. And I'm going to have to ask for it to be repeated anyway. So I much prefer just jumping right in trial by fire. Um, Sagrada being no different. Um, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was just going to pick random crap and i found out that so the boards of the stained glass windows also have different difficulties and uh who else was playing max difficulty andy andy was playing max difficulty on his board so i was like you know what i'll also play max difficulty you know let me see let me see how 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 i can win this game you know just see see how hard this game really is probably gonna be really difficult but well you know whatever i'll try i was shocked how easily I won that game. Not, I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm not bragging, but like I trounced that freaking game. Um, 
and ended up winning. And I did it didn't see it didn't feel difficult at all. Now maybe I got lucky. Maybe the drafts were in my favor. Maybe it was a combination of both. But the other thing um Jennings also didn't mention yet was that in addition to everything else, there's also like in terms of point scoring, there's natural points that you get for what you have on your board, um, by filling up your board and by not filling up your board, there's a couple points subtracted, I believe, for every empty space. For every empty space is minus one point. Um but to score points naturally, there's also like I call them objectives. You have a primary objective, and then there's three public objectives. Right. So your primary objective is in hand. It's secret. It's just for you. And the public objectives are random, and they're up at the top, and everybody can see them. Everybody can try for them. I knocked out so many points from every single objective. I like one of them was like have for every set of colors you have like extra points. I had like three or four different full sets of colors. Yep. Like, and then another one was like for every like pair of one and twos you had. And I had like six pairs of ones and twos. And then another one was like, if you have colors in a row chaining and I had, I literally had all, I, my board was perfectly set up and I had a hard board. I had not just, not just in terms of the difficulty of the game, but like the style in which I had to lay them down and where the color schemes were was a difficult board, mm-hmm. but I trounced that fucking game. Um, and ended up, I mean, granted, I'm making the win sound. It wasn't like I won by a super lot, but I did win. You did win. And like I was I was just shocked at how easy the hard mode of the game was for me. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, I'm sure that's just like all games, that's also part luck, which, you know, that Marconi luck, as Jengis calls it. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe. Maybe. Even the people at Bearded Dragon couldn't believe when I was telling them, like, they looked at my foil manager and I was like, oh, yeah, I packed that one time. And then I was talking about how I packed the Mox Opal. Oh, I packed that. That tooth and nail foil? Yeah, I packed that. They're just like, you you have some crazy luck, sir. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm told that sometimes. I'm like, well, unfortunately, it's only in, like, dumb crap like this and never where I really need it. You know what I mean? Like, not winning the didn't, lottery anytime I was say, soon. Didn't get that Powerball. <laughs> yeah, right? So, come on now. Um, but yeah, I have like a backwards mutant power that's not really helpful, but anyway, long story short, but I, I will say, I mean, granted I am very competitive, but winning or not, I had a lot of fun playing it. I'm just, for me personally, I would have to play it again also on hard mode, not even to see if I win again, but just to see, I expected my board to be pretty empty. I expected to have tough decisions that I wasn't going to be able to do. You tell me the board's the most difficult board in the world. Like, and, I, and this is another thing. There are cheat mechanisms in place, and I didn't use a single one of them because I would, just didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And I still had a full board. I didn't have any empty spaces. Like, it was crazy how I literally played with the most amount of people you can play with mm-hmm. on one of the most difficult boards you can play with, with and still managed to... Yeah. Rock the game. Yeah, man. So for me, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved it. Two thumbs up by far. I had a fucking blast playing that game. I wanted to play another round of it, but we had to move on to the next game and, you know, repertoire. But uh, honestly, like, I and I would get that game. I, I loved it. I loved it that much. Um, I was just more shocked at how easy. I expected more of a challenge. I guess that's what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. The game... The game set it up in a in a design and a way in which I expected. I went in thinking like I'm gonna I'm not even gonna have a chance. Like well, I was thinking winning, I'm not even gonna have a chance at playing this game. This is gonna be super difficult. And then not only was it almost child's play to do, but it was also like I also ended up winning. So yeah. like it was just it was weird. 
So I love Sagrada. Yeah, I man. Mean, two it's, thumbs it's, up. It's, it's, it's already two thumbs up for me. I've played a lot more, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played it with various groups. I've played it with various skill levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just determined that the game is elegant in its simplicity. Um, it is just so easy to pick up. Um, but like then you get down to the nitty gritty and that's, you know, how you get the most points. I think that you benefited by grasping the objectives a lot quicker than a lot of other people do. Like for me, uh, sometimes I forget about an objective Mm. or like I'll lose by five points because I didn't get that one extra die that I needed to complete another set of like a five point objective. Right. Um, and you know, that's fine. To me, because like that's just part of the game, right? Um, and I could play that game a million times. I probably wouldn't get tired of I it. I feel that. Um, I just for the fact that the objectives are random. Uh, I've played games where, like, we played uh, tools are never used. Right. Uh, another game I played, one tool is used a whole bunch because right. it just was that much more important in that game. Right. Um, and like that's a mark of a good game to me is that each experience can be different. It's not the same game every time. How do you feel about the challenge of it, though? I think it's fine. Some people have had difficulty with it. Yeah. Other people have not, like you. Hmm. I mean, like I said, it's just... You do you gra- feel like... But like, I guess what I'm saying is, because I'm trying to get your read, because I've only played it once, like, do you feel like... Do you feel like it was me and personally I would just not have a challenge with the game? Or do you feel like this just happened to be I think it the was way a, that Dice worked out, but I like it, the, it, it should have been harder? I think you had a... I don't think there's Like, no, did I have a dream scenario or was it just like... To me, I do not think it should have been harder. I think, like I said, you grasp the objective a lot f- faster than everyone else. I'm not talking about in terms of the rule style. I'm talking about, like, I think more the board state. I feel like other people would have been more... Uh, other people have been more aware of the dice you're going for and of your board state and perhaps may have prevented you from getting certain things. Huh. Um... And also, I think that the objectives as they were lined up really well for what your board was. Like when you have diagonals, diagonals work well with high difficulty boards Uh because you have more of a grasp of where your diagonals are going to lie as opposed to a freeform lower difficulty board where a lot of it's just like kind of you're doing it on the fly. Yeah. Um, You can plan out more from a higher difficulty board, in my opinion. Because you know what your limitations are, so you work within that box. I got you. And things are a lot more manageable when you're working within that box. Don't you think they should, just in terms of game design, maybe reverse the way the difficulty is put? I don't think so. No? No. Because um, not everyone gets it as fast. Huh. I I don't think. Like, you're... um, Suffice to say, you're a skilled player, you know? Thank you. You... You got it fast. You understood the limitations of what you were. And you worked within the objectives. Other people I've played with, not as quick. And that's fine because they still played the game and they still had fun. Right. I, you know? I, I guess, yeah. So I, so overall, so what you're saying, the answer is, is that it's, that that is the kind of just how, like. It's just how the way the it, cards roll, uh, play it out. It, but like game. in terms of difficulty, like it, the difficulty, that is the difficulty of the game. Just me as a player grasped it enough to where it was easier for me. But like that wasn't like a freak accident. Like if I played again with a high difficulty board, I wouldn't call it a free a freak accident. Like I said, that's just the way that one game went. But the fact that the game can be different, we gotta play more. I yeah. can't just base it off one game. Well, that's why that's we, why I'm asking. You know, we yeah. gotta we gotta you know you gotta play another one with different objectives. Yeah. Like what if it's just like you have to get numbers lined up there and numbers lined up there and also this. You know, it's like mm. or maybe you won't get as lucky with the die. Like you had a lot of good. 
the primary a lot of a lot of your points come from the primary objective. If you do well with your face numbers on your primary objective, you're going to get a good starting point, right. and it goes from there. Right. A lot of times, sometimes people don't get that lucky, right? Because the dice will just roll low, you know, yeah. and like that happens. Yeah, you know, it's that's part of the game, and that's why I like it. Huh. It's because it is different. Interesting. Um, well, yeah. two thumbs up, two thumbs two up. Two thumbs up. Go get Sagrada, guys. It's cheap, too. So <laughs> this is in, this is now interesting because the first category, drumroll, please. <laughs> Casual board game of the year. Casual board game of the year. So the I, nominees I, are Sagrada. No. I don't think so. You don't call it a casual board game? We're not call it casual. When I think casual board game of the year, I think like Sushi Go. Sushi Go, what do you mean? Games like that. Okay, fair enough. So then what is your casual board game of the year? Um, I did not, because this category did not exist last year. So I'm just really considering games I've played this year that were of the casual nature that I think are exceptional and need to be recognized. And to me, that is monikers. Mm. Um, If you have not played monikers yet... Like I would, I always, whenever I know I'm going to a gathering of larger, of large amount of people and I know like, Hey, I've got a game like that everyone can play. And that's monikers. Cause one, you, depending on, you know, the references people know and everyone has fun with it and there's like something for everyone. And I feel like every time I've played it, everyone's gotten into it and like everyone's had a great time. So to me, monikers is my golden dengue, uh, casual board game of the year. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I have an envelope here, Jengis. What's that? And in the envelope, um, oh, what, what, what is this? What's that? What, what could, uh, oh my God, could it, could it be? Meme of the, meme of the, what do you mean? <laughs> no, no. Oh my God. Another double thumbs up no. golden dangy. I agree. A hundred percent. Monikers. Monikers is um, a great game. Especially because I, I started bringing it to school on like days where we'd have midterms or finals. Really? Because the kids, like, I was like, it might be fun to play with actors. Because actors, I mean, it, it is it has an acting level of skill to it. And, of course, it was a big hit. It was a big hit in those off days where we had free time for whatever reason. Like, after an exam or something, I would bring in monikers. And it was a huge hit in school. Um, so, likewise, I've never really been in a group that's played monikers that hasn't had a good time with it. So, I, I 100% agree with monikers. Um, Very nice. Good for you, monikers. Yeah. I think, I'll have, I'll be honest, I think this whole... Category. I think we're going to get a lot of double dengues, but let's see what happens. Let's start. Let's go to large group board game of the year next. L- large group board game of the year. Yeah. Um. So I consider this similar to. It's Not, more like it's a party game. It's something for if you, you know. I would yeah, say I, say I would say more than six. Exactly. Something of that ilk. <laughs> we give a golden dengue to us agreeing on more than six. <laughs> so um, yeah. So more than six. What would you say your large board game of the year was if let's tr- if we we could obviously both say monikers again we could let's steer away from it even if it was your top what would be another large group board game of the year that you would pick i know mine already and it's from recent recent days i think i i think i might be on the same level is it um what is it it's your alien uh What's that? The 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 space alien debating game, Cosmocracy. Cosmocracy. Oh, but that's only like five players. Is it? I, I thought yeah, it was well, six. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Judges, judges. We need a. Oh, it's upstairs. Uh, um, don't worry about. It. Oh, we have the internet. We have the internet. We have the internet. What are we doing? <laughs> I thought that was more. I could have sworn. Oh, because we played it with like. 
No. No, we didn't play with that many. It only comes with six race and candidate cards normally. Yeah. I have an expansion that has some more, but the natural is six. Okay. So it's technically on the cusp. Okay. So not so cosmocracy. Then I wouldn't then let's not let's not factor that in. So then what would be your large group board game of the year? Large group. In terms of it doesn't have to come out this year, year, but once again, a game that you played this year, not monikers, mm. that you would say in a large group is great. I've actually got two. I've got one. Okay. What's yours? Um uh the thing board game interesting um it is uh it's great it's that's a game that is okay with a small amount of people but amazing with large amazing with a large amount of people Mm -hmm. because the uh the way the board game works is just because like the more people you have there's more possibilities of people being the thing sure and like it just become it goes out from there and like this just like i feel like that game soars with like higher numbers hmm. um and like i would 100 percent recommend picking it up if you have like if you have a group of people that meets like and it's like six plus generally yeah try to pick up the thing and i think you'll all have a good time with that so for me i have i have two the first one is actually code names code names um because i recently i just near the end of the year there i played like Game after game of code names, names. and it it was like coming back with like a with a vengeance, and I enjoyed it every time. Even when I, even with our Neil Degrassi (laughs) Tyson, uh, I I still enjoyed the overall game. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I'm competitive and I like to win, but even still, like I code names came back. But the other one actually, it's a it's a new uh, a new. Wild card in the game, so to speak. I know. I see. Just like you knew what my reaction was going to be before, I already know what your reaction is going to be now. Um, but we didn't play test this at all. For me, is probably my other my tie for my thumbs up for my large group board game because once again, so it's almost like what you said about Sagrada, but in a different way. What makes it great is its simplicity. The rules are so simple. Very and simple. It, and it's a game you could open up and it doesn't, there's no setup involved. No setup at all. You just, just deal dr- two deal cards, cards out, draw a card, play a card. That's it. That's it. Go to, and then you try to win. That's it, man. That's a game. You It's small. It's portable. You can take it everywhere. And you know what? Despite your groaning at games like that, it is a party game that is fun. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, with with a right group of people, of course, you know what I mean. Like, but that's that could be said with all things. You know, there's what I mean? many expansions to it, and there is, and but even with the, just the base set, you can literally like every game is going to be different. It is, you know what I mean. Some games are going to last a while. Some games are going to last two minutes, <laughs> two seconds even. Right. So that that's what I like about it. Like the idea that like that's a game you could break out while like you know you're waiting at the DMV with somebody. You know what I mean. Like this just it's just one of those games, yeah. and and it can be played a large group, and can be played with like ten people. And in fact, the more the merrier, honestly. I think that game is better with more people. I would say so. Because of the chaotic nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot with more people. Great game. Here it is, buddy. Here it is. Board game of the year. I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, how can I not say it? <laughs> we'll say it? We'll say it on three. All right? One. one three. Okay. And then we both say it. So not. On three? No, no. After three. So, so one, one, two, two three, three. And then we say bah. it. One, two, three, Gloomhaven. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. I was, was actually tempted to say anything else but it just so we could be like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? A hundred percent. It's just a wonderful game. It really is. We it's were, everything. We well, we were gushing about it at the end like, of the even, last Angry exactly. Awards. I, I noted it down that we were both like super excited to play Gloomhaven this year. Right. And we played it. And we love it. And we do love it. We love it a lot. Um, I'm also very happy we got to include you in on it. I'm, um, I'm glad, too. You even said, like, at the end, like, you said, don't play with anyone else. Play with our group. But you just, in, in, incidentally, you ended up playing it without me. Right. And then I had to bang my way in. Right. But, and, but the thing is, is, like, but that's because I didn't know, at the time that I was getting it, I didn't know the cap was four players. Yes. So I assumed it would be no problem. Add you in. And then it's four players. And we had the group going. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like it got. But I'm also glad. Once again, to the board game's credit, it handles five players fine. It does. No issues. The app worked out great. You have Just the extra deck. Just make it a little bit difficult and it's fine. It's fine. Like it, And it, it runs smoothly. We st- It's still a challenge. We still have issues oh, with yeah. five. You 100%. know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm more than pleased with its capability to handle five. But as a game... It is everything I wanted and more. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 feels good to play. It's fun. It's in it's legacy to the max. I mean, like it is in for the long haul. It is. Um, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Like I just don't know how else to to talk about it without spoilers. We, I mean, update. We retired our first character. We did. Um, it was my character. Uh, my, I was originally playing the mage, and now I'm not. I'm playing the new thing that I unlocked. You, yes, that um, would be spoilers. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, it's too good. Um, I will also say that my new character probably won't be around for too long, as Jengis <laughs> kind of knows and sort of, I'm sure, agrees um, that his days are sort of numbered as it is. Um, but it's great. Yeah. I love going to new areas. I love, like, the little plot the sequences. Gameplay, the, the kind of, like, mini deck ability kind of nature of it is... You know, interesting when we found out that we could play with all the cards. That means a different level of strategy, actually. Level of strategy, because then you actually you have there's more thought to your turn. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we described that that rule that we missed. But and when when the when the group that I started with, um, when we when we started playing this game, we thought that your hand, like they called it a hand, but we just assumed that was a fancy way of saying deck. Because the thing is, is you have. You have a bunch of cards that you can choose to make a hand from, but you only take your hand up to your hand size into the dungeon with you. So you can modify based on your whole card pool, but we just assume it acted like a deck where you draw one sort of like at a time randomly and play it and yeah. or two at a time randomly. Yep. Um, and that was kind of how we did it without getting into too much mechanics of the game. But no, in fact, Jengis informed us, and as we read through and reread, because the rules, you know, I mean, it's a lot of rules text, so it's, easy, rules it's text. easy to get confused and turned around. But no, in fact, it is a hand where you, you, you literally have access to all of those cards from the beginning and can choose which two you're going to use depending on the strategy that you're trying to employ at the time, which changed the strategy of the game. I'm not sure if it made it easier i mean it probably did in some ways I mean, it, 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 took because, that, it took that chance out of there but it makes it more strategic right instead of just um, like us blindly kind of like waiting our way through a dungeon exactly which i enjoy a lot more this way oh yeah it's a far more enjoyable experience that way too. yes um but by far if you have not picked up gloomhaven yet um pick up a copy and enjoy it find and, a group of people to play with regularly and just die right in and that's the double thumbs up covered yeah. double golden dangy to gloomhaven indeed Move, it look, deserves it. So, I mean, first off, happy three years. Indeed. Um, and thank you, listeners, for those of you that have stuck through and kept on going. Um, 
talking of looking forward, looking forward to another large meaty board game that I have on the horizon. Oh, geez. Avalon, oh, the Tainted boy. Grail game. Yeah, that that's going to be that's going to be a big one. I'm curious to see how that works out. I am also curious to see how that works out. But that'll be who knows when we'll get to play it, considering how long Gloomhaven will take. It's true. You know, it's going to be the after Gloomhaven game. It'll be. Yeah. Depending that Gloomhaven's expansions don't come out in yeah. the meantime. This one already coming out that actually uh, Bev pre-ordered for me. Ooh. So it's called the Forgotten Circles and it takes place after the main story campaign. Interesting. Um, she pre-ordered it because I don't think it's released yet or if it, maybe it was released. But getting, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the exact story, but I at some point we'll have that expansion coming to me. But we're so not anywhere near there that yeah. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, um, I'm mm. interested to see how long Gloomhaven will take us. You know, I mean, I think it's going to take us a bit. Yeah. Just because we don't play that often <laughs> i mean we can try to play more but even still yeah we'll see I, how it goes i don't mind the monthly pace yeah it's not bad um but uh for me as far as like board games to look forward to oh boy i really don't have anything on my mind um tainted grail man <laughs> eye roll. what are you eye rolling for it's gonna be great um, just be glad i didn't buy kingdom as, death yeah as far as games that i uh that i've i'm waiting to get uh, I am excited to play Bargain Quest. That should be fun. Uh, I talked about it during our PAX Unplugged uh, episode. Uh, but beyond that, you know, just, you know, I'm going to keep my ears to the ground. Um, I'm going to try to go to Dreamation in February, mm. uh, which is a board game convention in Morristown. Mm-hmm. 60 bucks. Oh, so it's a little expensive, mm. but it's close. Yeah. Um, and maybe there might be some games there that also I can check press? out. Also, no, no, no. Oh. Um, but uh, but yeah, maybe I'll, I'll have maybe I'll have some. I'll go with you. Maybe I'll have some word about that uh, next time we meet up for the March show, which may be different. Yeah. Well, thank you, listeners. Yes, thank you again for three years. Welcome to the uh, or thank you for coming to the awards. Indeed. And I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Talk to you next month. Indeed. See ya. Have a good one. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on DK.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode, or you just want to say hi, email us at YSNPGCast at gmail.com.